Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I'm your host, Ken Romeo, and with me, as always, back again, start of a new school year, is my co-coach, my partner in crime, Mr. Andrew Turiago. Mr. T, how has the start of the year been for you so far? It has been fantastic. My sex creators are amazing. Uh, they're just a really uh, funny, passionate, excited group of kids uh, who love to read. So can't ask for more than that. That is awesome. That sounds like a great start to the year. Uh, we we are we're back. There's no hybrid. Um, our uh, teaching over Zoom has been to an absolute minimum this year. Uh, we still are masked and and tr- doing our best to be social distanced, but we're holding in person practices. Uh, we are scheduling in-person tournaments. It feels like we are slowly but surely getting back into the swing of things. So I would say uh, it has been a while since our last podcast. We want to thank you for coming back and checking out this one. I don't know if you some some dusty ancient uh, podcast notification feed came back to life after uh, several months of us. Uh, uh, taking the summer off to to enjoy it as as we hope you did as well. Uh, so hopefully, if you're seeing this and you've clicked on it, uh, you are uh, a longtime fan. And uh, coaches, I mean, I, I think especially captains too, but coaches, this episode is really for you. We are going to be interviewing Mike Laudermith from uh, from Fenton High School. He's the uh, the head coach there at, at Fenton High School, and um, he is going to come up with some really great ideas for us to make sure we are structuring our practice correctly to really get the most out of our players and uh, they get the most, uh, they're they're really using their time uh, efficiently. So um, it's great interview coming up with with the Fenton coach, Mike Laudermith. Um, And uh, I just, you're going to love it. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mr. T, We, as I said, we have a couple of in-person tournaments coming up soon. There have been a few already. Not too many, but there have been a few. Uh, so what do you say we check out, see what's happened with the posted results? What do you think? Sounds great. It's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted. All right. Uh, so first is the John Hopkins Novice Invitational, which was on Saturday, September 25th. Uh, the sponsor for that event was Johns Hopkins University, and the scoring rules were NAQT. It used packet set IS203A, and this was a high school tournament, but the 2021 MSNCT runner-up Longfellow Middle School was there, as well as emerging powerhouse Burley Manor. Uh, though the tournament was won by Richard Montgomery High School, they finished 8-2. and two. Uh, one of their losses was to Burley Manor C, who also went eight and two. And the finals between those two games was a 15 point game where Montgomery won uh, 320 to 305. So we always love to see strong middle school representation at these high school tournaments. Uh, Burley Manor A and Longfellow each finished six and three, and Burley Manor B went five and four. Cooper Middle from Virginia went five and four, and Chenery Middle School from Massachusetts finished three and six. The only other result that uh, I I can see right now was the TQBA Howdy Bonanza, which was this past Saturday, uh, October 2nd. This was held by the Texas Quiz Bowl Alliance, uh, but it was an online tournament. It used IS205A. Challenger Strawberry Park A, they go 10-0 and they take first place. Eleanor Height of Howard A was the tournament's top scorer. That name, that last name, should sound familiar. Uh, Charles Height's sister, and uh, we want to congratulate Strawberry Park on their tournament victory. They are coached by um, Satya Boda Balor. And nice that's an out of them. Eighty-four point two nine points per game there. So very, very good job by Eleanor. So we are very pleased to be joined by Mike Lardemuth, who has been a member of the Quiz Bowl community since 1993 when his middle school brought a team of eighth graders to compete at a tournament hosted by the local high school. And that day he was hooked. I think Mike, you and I had very similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was hooked. He was, he played throughout high school uh, and he later became a coach when he started teaching at, uh, at Fenton high school in uh, Bensonville, Illinois, where he teaches science. 17 years later, Mike is still active in the community as a coach, a moderator, a conference organizer, a tournament host, 
a quiz camp instructor, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, he's a member of the Illinois High School Scholastic Bowl Coaches Association and a question writer for sets like Scop Novice in the Illinois Scholastic Bowl State Series. Along with teaching biology and chemistry, Mike has served as an instructional coach and is earning an endorsement in educational technology. In his spare time, he's an avid fisherman and enjoys volunteering with the Northern Illinois Food Bank. He is a jack of all trades and master of a few, uh, I might add. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for joining us. It is Ken and Andrew in Connecticut. How are you doing today? Ken and Andrew, I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me today. All right. It is our pleasure. So how many questions about fishing do you write? Uh, not as many as I would like. I, I once pitched a, an, an Isaac Walton toss-up, and because when I was in high school, I had an Isaac Walton toss-up read to me, um, I was told that that is not, in fact, canon, and to go away, please. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, Mike, uh, you know, your name... Um, your name came up when uh, we were on, I'm, I'm on a, a Facebook group of quiz bowl coaches and um, someone had asked a question about fun ways of practicing. And um, I believe it was David Reinstein who um, linked a presentation that you had about fun ways of practicing. And, um, but I recognized your name immediately from uh, playing NAQT's buzzword and you were always the leader in the open division. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was always how I'd compare myself. Like, all right, well, I'm like 50th. So how close did I get to Mike? Oh, I'm off by like 400 points. Okay, never mind. It wasn't, wasn't my <laughs> week. But um, no, it was, it was an interesting question uh, that somebody posed. And it also brought forth some um, really cool ideas for practicing. And uh, we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to... Um, you know, bring the show back and, uh, and talk about it because, you know, we can have you on because you're the person who kind of, uh, wrote the book, uh, so to speak on interesting ways of practice. So, um, I guess, you know, bef before we get started, Mike, you know, we're, our podcast is really kind of geared more towards, um, middle school than high school. Right. So like how, how much of what we're going to talk about today, which is, you know, you're in the high school realm. How much of that can be applied to middle school? I think can a great deal of it can be applied. Uh, my feeling has always been the role of the coach is to make the activity something worthy of a student's time and effort. And part of that, of course, is competition. But a huge part of that, I feel, is the practices. Uh, the coach, just as, as a teacher creates a culture in their classroom, the coach creates a culture for the team. And whether it's high school or middle school, if you can create an environment where learning is celebrated, where we, you know, applaud each other for our knowledge, I, I think you're going to see a lot of success uh, with your quiz bowl team. So I, every time I talk to high school coaches, and I would say the same thing to middle school coaches, it's, it's all about making opportunities for students to compete. You want to get them recognition both at your school and in your community. And you want your, uh, your practices to be something that everybody gets something out of. I know we don't particularly like sports analogies in Quiz Bowl, but there is one that I think is kind of apt. If you are coaching a baseball team, you probably have maybe one or two really great hitters. You don't hold a practice where everybody stands around and watches that one or two players just hit balls for 90 minutes. You're, you're, not, you're never going to improve the team that way. You can learn a couple things maybe about stance and technique, but until you do, until you actually are using those skills, you don't get any better. So that's, that's my number one rule for practice is there's got to be something that involves everybody. So that's, I think, a rule that should apply to middle school just as much as high school. Hmm. So, Mike, for me, one of the things that came to mind immediately, I was really curious uh, to pick your brain about this once I had seen your, your slideshow and your presentation, was in your mind, what does a perfect practice look like? 
Because it does, it, I definitely see the image of striving for this perfect practice where all of these things fit in. So, <laughs> um, I do have a, sort of an ideal template that I do try to follow with my practices. Uh, you know, it helps certainly if you have a mix of students of different abilities. I would I would tailor it if I had a year where it was predominantly newer students. But whenever we we get together for a practice, there's always some kind of a warm up. So everybody is on a buzzer. You know, I'm fortunate enough that I have a buzzer system at school that can accommodate 20 players if we have that many. But everybody's on a buzzer, and I'm just reading really short questions. Um, in the past, I've used NAQT's uh, speed check packets, but I'll also take, you know, novice toss-ups and just, you know, whittle it down to the last sentence. Some, something really quick that's just you're getting your mind going. You're getting in the in the mindset of now is the time for quiz bowl. So, you know, we talk about at schools, kids bring in multiple backpacks of things that can distract them when they're at school. I kind of want to get them to drop a couple of those things. And now this is our time together for this. Wait, so we have start you found. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Ken. I was going to say, like, have you found when you do those speed checks, and that's something that we do also, uh, and kids like it, you know, it's it's definitely, it's different and it's fun. Do you find that it's it's still the same, you know, three, four people, like the superstars that just, you know, like they understand how easy the question is going to be, and they're just going to trust their ability to, like, tr trust their, their bank of knowledge that they're just going to buzz in at the end of the, the question and be able to process it and, you know, and is, I mean, that's still a worthwhile skill, right? Like we still want them to, to, to practice being quick on a buzzer, but, but, but do you find it's still the same kids? And if so, how do you combat that? Oh, it is, it is. And that's why I implement the three and out rule. So mm -hmm. everybody gets, you get three questions that you can get right and then you're out. So will I, will there be practices where I know who's getting these first three questions and they're going to be out for the next, you know, eight minutes? Yes. And so do they, mm -hmm. but they, but they understand that. And they, they, and I explained to, to all my players, the importance of, I want everybody participating in this because you, it, it's so easy. I think for players, especially novice players who have just joined the team to get in the mindset of, there's no way I can ever be as good as this person. Not really stopping to think that when this person, if you had met this person three years ago, they know less than you do now. And 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 to really get them to understand that you you've come in with knowledge here. You your your years in school have been productive or you or, you know, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have made it this far. So, you know, some things already. So, yeah, I know there's going to be the ones who, who want to buzz on every single question. And this is why I really only do warm-ups for about 10 minutes max, because I don't want people sitting out for extended periods of time. So we just do the three questions and out rule. And that's that's worked very well. And usually, you know, through a combination of that and me, as I get to know students' specialties, I can feed in some, you know, when we get, if we get to a point where there's only two, three who haven't answered, I know what I can slip in there that you're going to get this. Mm -hmm. so there's a little there's a little bit of manipulation going on there but in a good way right. to get I to get every yeah you're trying to build yeah. confidence and yeah and, i was about yeah, to say I, I love that as a confidence builder and i love the fact that in the first 10 minutes of uh, practice kids are buzzing already and kids are participating already i know when ken asked his question originally about speed checks do do uh, less experienced players tend to still have the opportunity to buzz in, buzz in. My first thought was actually, well, I do pretty well in speed checks and I'm not the best. <laughs> so it's uh, definitely that it creates more of an opportunity, but the, the, the three and out is a great rule. All right. So, so after speed checks, uh, where, where do you go from there? So after that, what we'll do is we'll take some time. And again, this is usually, this can sometimes be as short as five minutes. Uh, I have my players read their question that they have written over the past week. So uh, one thing, and we could talk more about this later, that I feel is, is really important skill 
to, to get students in the habit of doing is to write a question a week. Now, not a 15 line Chicago open style question, not even a question that we would ever submit to somebody for publication in a packet. This is just an opportunity for you to research a topic you know nothing about, find me three solid clues about it, put them in the right order, read it to the rest of us. I, I think that's a really important distinction that, you know, the, the kids writing the questions aren't doing that to, you know, like you're not submitting it for publication. You're not trying to get paid by, by writing quality questions. It is, it is a tool to help them learn and become better quiz ball players. So if the word structure is a little bit off, but they learn something useful, fine. That was the point. Uh, right. And, and I think part of me is very much a perfectionist and I, I worry about teaching players, teaching kids how to write a good question where, and, and I would miss that idea of like, it doesn't matter if they write something that's, you know, NAQT quality, if they actually learn something about Charlemagne or they learn something about, um, you know, the, the, the Mona Lisa or something, that's what's important. And that's, that is a stumbling block that I think you just lifted in the, in the middle of this conversation, Mike. So thank you. Absolutely, Ken. Um, and I, and, and the kids get this because, you know, and, and this is the whole, of course, theory behind education. The one, the one who does the reading and the writing is the one who's doing the learning. So, you know, I can I can try to speed read through 200 questions every time we have a practice, but how much of that are you going to retain? Probably very little. If you do take, you know, 10, 15 minutes during the week and you do some basic research and you write this three clue question, you're going to retain some of that. So we will we'll take, you know, five minutes and, and have players read their questions. And from there, then the next thing we'll do is I'll do some kind of a coach's lesson. So here's I'm going to present on on this topic this week. And I definitely try not to go more than about 15 minutes with it. Um, a lot of times I'll just do it in the form of a top 10 list. Here are, you know, top 10 20th century paintings you have to know. Here are my top 10 uh european queens that you have to know and i'll just i'll have my list i'll have a couple basic facts about each everybody's got out their notebook and my rule is we're going to go through this you need to write down if i'm doing a top 10 list you need to write down five of these answers and one clue that goes with each uh, part of my job i see it as the coach is 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 identifying where the gaps are in my player's knowledge. And, and part of that is just knowing what curriculum they've been exposed to. I, I know my players are not really studying art history. That's something I've got to fill in. I, you know, I might have a team where in a particular year, nobody is taking physics. I'm going to have to get some physics in there. I know that. So, that's that's kind of where I see myself coming in. And I, I like the idea of a, of a top 10 list because, you know, we're not all experts on every subject, um, but I feel like most quiz bowl coaches are worldly enough where, you know, we can look at if you if even if you if you say art history and I'm thinking of the middle school canon, I can come up with the top 10 you know, a top 10 list of famous works of art. And even though I don't know much about them either, you know, I probably know, you know, what's going to come up a little bit more. Right. They can just say, yep. You know, so you need to know, uh, you know, you need to know American Gothic because it comes up all the time. And, and you know, yep. I think that's really great um, when it comes to looking at something like a frequency list too. Uh, if, if I were to just add to the things that I know and just look up like the top 10 composers, I would feel very equipped to to take on any question that is and even if it's in a field I'm not necessarily comfortable with. Well, I've got the top 10, so how bad can it be? Right. I do. Yeah, I'm I'm by no means an expert on on many topics. 
but the nice thing with with quiz bowl is you don't really have to be you know i'm you know I, when my players come in for practice my job is not to take 20 minutes to teach you how to solve a stoichiometry problem that's not going to come up in our conference match next week what i need to teach you are here are five lab techniques that get tossed up all the time. This is what distillation is. This is what titration is. This is what chromatography is. Now, am I preparing you to be a chemist? No, but I'm preparing you for quiz bowl. So after the coach's lesson, then, uh, that's when we move into the one-on-one -on -one practice. And that's maybe is going to sound weird to a lot of people, but again, I don't want to be in a situation where we're just reading, I'm reading questions to the team for 90 minutes that three out of 10 are, are getting all the answers to. That's, that's not, ultimately I'm doing a disservice to, to myself because maybe those three are getting better, but what, you know, I'm not going to have those three players indefinitely. I need to do something to get everybody up to that level. So what I do is I partner up my players and I'll usually do this by kind of ability level slash grade level. You know, if I have two ninth graders who are new to this, I'll usually partner them up. If I've got two seniors from my varsity team, I'm going to put them together and I give them packets. I just, I, I go into my archive, I go into my binders and I pull out packets. These could be old ones from conference matches years ago these could be things over the summer that i printed off the packet archive whatever struck my fancy and i'm handing everybody a packet and the way this works is you're going to take turns reading toss-ups to each other so that you are the you are the only audience for that one question if you want to buzz in early buzz in early now you're not really on a buzzer but feel free to interrupt them. If you feel more comfortable waiting to the end, you wait to the end. What you're going to do is in your own notebook, you yourself are just going to keep a tally of how many you got right. That is for you yourself to do. That's, that's not, we're not going to come together at the end and laugh at the person who got one and do a standing ovation to the person who got all 20. This is you yourself just keeping track of where my progress is at. And what I insist is, if something comes up that you don't know, you are going to write that answer line in your notebook, and you're going to write one clue about it that came up in the question. And me, during that time, a lot of it is just me circulating around, just listening in on these this pair of players back and forth. And so maybe I get an idea of, oh, you're you're pretty solid in this area you know your history pretty well but you're not getting any of this science you know maybe that's an idea later i can push some science stuff toward you i so, love this idea i i can't overstate how much this jives perfectly with so many of the things that ken and i have talked about in terms of delegating in terms of tapping other people on the shoulder to help you help the students with quiz bowl. It's literally empowering the students to work with each other, to practice with each other. I, I will make a strong dedicated push, uh, for us to do this more this year, because I think this is something that we need to do more of. I think this one-on-one -on -one sort of practice, even Ken, literally this upcoming Thursday, I would be, uh, I would be happy to put together an A packet and a B packet. And they could just pair off after they're taking yeah. a, uh, a placement, like right. a placement uh, quiz this Thursday to see which th sorts of things they know, which sorts of things they don't know. And uh, afterwards, I think it'd be fun to make an A packet and a B packet that are kind of complimentary. Um, and the A person and the B person just take turns reading each other questions and seeing which ones they get, which ones they don't. Um, and I'll make sure to put some fun ones on there. So, Great. so I, I, I haven't heard you talk about actually like practicing with a, buzzer like an actual we're almost there no, no, <laughs> no you no you haven't no you haven't okay. and that's and i know that's going to strike some people as weird yeah right uh but for me the buzzer is is 
almost secondary. Now, I guess there is something to be said for like practicing buzzer technique. And and you certainly do need time in front of a buzzer to learn the, the just the rules and the norms of Quiz Bowl. So I, I certainly do more of that. Like if I'm if I have a, a, a sizable group of, of ninth and 10th graders, um, you know, we're fortunate at my school that we have more than one coach. So we will separate them out. And I've, I've even taken them in a separate room before and said, OK, we're just going to focus right now on the mechanics of a match. And it's just here's how the, the reading, the tempo works. Here's how the conferring works. And it's just getting them in the mindset of, oh, we can't talk to each other on a toss up. And here's how you confer on a bonus. But as far as the as, as like having a mock game, having a scrimmage at the practice, we'll typically do that. But really, last 30, 25 minutes is really all I devote to that out of about a 90 minute practice. So you might think to yourself, well, wait, how do you get through a full game then? Oftentimes we don't. And that is fine. To me, that is totally fine because this is about getting better for when we have a real match in our conference or we go to a tournament. So I want you to learn more. When we have these mock games, yeah, we'll, we'll follow whatever rules we're going to play in our next competition and we'll, we'll enforce rules on conferring and we'll make sure that we're, 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 um, we're collaborating on bonuses, but I, I really want to spend the majority of time so that doing things that guarantee that you leave this practice today knowing something you didn't when you walked in the door. No, that's that's that, really important. I, I remember when I coached softball down in, in Virginia, I remember the one of the things that the head varsity coach would say, like, you know, they had some freedom to, to do something, whether it was working on a tee or, or something like that. And he said, like, just make sure that you leave today a better softball player than when you start. And I've, I've adopted that with Quiz Bowl. Like, just make sure you leave today a better Quiz Bowl player than when you start. Yep. So, yeah, we'll do we'll do some some of a mock game, usually not all of one, maybe maybe about a half or so. And for that, um, again, if I have a sizable enough group, I'll usually have my my JV team do a separate game from my varsity. Uh, if we you know, need to be all together, then what I'll do is I'll, I'll mix up the teams to try to balance them as appropriately as we can. Uh, a lot of times what I'll do in these mock games is the, the player who I would normally have in the coach, or I'm sorry, the uh, captain position, I'll rotate that a lot. I, I want to get everybody in these mock games a chance to be the decider, to be the to be the facilitator, to be the one who has to communicate with everybody else to get everybody's opinion. Um, so we'll do that. And then usually when there's about five, ten minutes left before we need to call it a day, I always like to end on a fun note. I always like to do just something really fun and different at the end. So everybody walks out kind of with a smile on their face. What's your so, best advice for ending practice on a fun note? I've done different things. I've done different things, Andrew. Um, I'll, I'll pull out a, a trash packet and we'll just do trash, you know, because everybody likes that. Um, I am. I, absolutely, I, I don't. I don't. I, I love I, trash. <laughs> Can the, the A and B packet, my plan is for <clears throat> the A and B packet on Thursday to yeah. be full of trash it's gonna I be take it so back. much I, trash we're gonna sports, get so many sports, sixth graders so many sports, sixth graders that are like uh, oh i love this i love quiz bowl this is great uh, uh sports i like but anytime i'm watching jeopardy and final jeopardy is trash i'm like come on how do you decide this? With, <laughs> how do you decide this with the oscars come on that's trash uh, I know. Anyhow, I, but I understand. Only, kids only like millions it. of people watch, Ken. I it's, know. It's trash. The kid, the kids like it. I'll admit, I'm not good at trash, and I mm. never was. I'm, I'm good at what the kids now call the boomer trash. Um, that is, that is such a perfect way to put it. I love that because I love when they talk about a band that came out in like 1980 or 1970, and I'm yes. like, I, no kid is gonna get this, and I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> right. And then they'll be like, Come on, it's Sting, obviously. Don't you know who Sting is? And I'll be like, no, I have no idea. Who that is. <laughs> I'll look that up later. But 
so we'll do that. Um, other times, if I want to do something more, just like getting everybody involved, I'll uh, pull up a quiz from Sporkle. Because um, those are a lot of fun. And because they've got, you know, everything under the sun on Sporkle, you know, name name every Pixar movie that's ever been released. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll put that quiz up and let just people shout out answers and fill it in. And that's one that always gets them going at the end, because if you pick a good Sporkle quiz, there'll be one or two that they just don't remember. And then they get they get frustrated at each other and they want you to give them a hint. And depending on what depending on what mood I'm in, I'll give them a hint or I won't. Uh, So that's always a lot of fun. Or sometimes what I'll do, too, is I've got some old NAQT lightning rounds. I'll, I'll just pull up some of those, and what I'll usually do is I'll write four categories on the board, and um, I'll do this if I keep them in the same teams that we had for the mock game, and whatever team was behind, I'll, I'll let them pick, but you have to pick the category that your opponent has to answer, hmm. and any that they don't get, you get their points. Nice. So... That they like because they're always trying to, you know, screw over their opponent. Um, and that's that's fun. Just just uh, just something at the end so that everybody, even even if you never during the game actually buzzed in and got a question right, there's going to be something here that you're going to contribute to at the end, something you're going to like. So that kind of sums up my my ideal practice. Now, do does it always work out perfectly like that time-wise? No. Does it do we always get through everything? No. And some sometimes it's for good reason. Sometimes, you know, I'll be doing a lesson and I'll get questions about stuff. Then we'll it'll go off into a tangent. Or, you know, sometimes if it's real if we're doing the mock game and it's really, really close and they want to keep playing to see who wins, we'll keep going and then we'll skip the the trash or whatever at the end. But that's kind of my approach to, to practice. It's just have a have a variety of things going on where there's multiple opportunities for a player to participate. I think to me that's the most important thing. I definitely sympathize with that because my own high school experience with the quiz bowl, I don't know if I've ever told Ken this, but I showed up for one practice. Uh, I was destroyed almost, uh, you know, like the uh i forget what you call it exactly the uh seal clubbing oh yeah oh clubbing uh, the baby seals yeah yeah um and uh i was uh i i had such a experience of like oh these guys are all brainiacs i'm never going to be good at this that i left i never came back mm. um and it was a high school packet to be fair high school packets are difficult but i remember being like i don't know a lot about presidents so maybe i just won't be good at quiz bowl and that was the like the overall thing that i left with so yeah and it's it's that can that can so easily happen in practices you know it can devolve into clicks it can it can devolve into one-upmanship it can be about you know you know too much inside baseball where we're throwing around you know jargon that this player who's who's came for the first time has no idea what we're talking about they don't know what powers or negs are they don't know what any of this stuff means oh that was such a transparent question they don't know what that means and again this is where i think the coach's role is so important it's is fostering that positive atmosphere fostering an environment where everybody feels like this is something i can do and it's something that i can get better at you know because otherwise you 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 i totally understand what you're saying andrew you can walk in and think wow this person is a bona fide genius i will never approach this level mm-hmm. when no this person probably walked in on on day one of high school knowing no more than you did one other thing that came to mind when you were when i was looking over this uh this presentation was uh, you mentioned that you had guest lectures. Ah, yes. If you, I, I'll, so this is a two part question. So I apologize sure. for that. Uh, I always feel like two and three part questions are so mean because <laughs> the person is just trying to remember like what you even asked, but it, right, it, right, right. It, it, these go pretty closely together. So it was 
who is your favorite guest lecturer you've ever had and who would your dream lecturer be? So the, well, the majority of my guest lecturers are, as you might expect, other teachers at my school. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we've been blessed in the past at my school. We had at one point in time, a military history class. So I was able to get that teacher in to, to go over some things like, you know, we, my team, we never, we always seem to mix up civil war battles. So I would have him come in and, and do a, a lecture on civil war battles. We, it, it just so happens at my school, a lot of the students who are on quiz bowl are there, are those upper track AP students. They never take an earth science class. So I've had our earth science teacher come in and do a little bit geology lecture for the class, you know, talking about earthquakes and volcanoes and stuff that I know that they're not getting in any other science class. My favorite lecturer was actually a student teacher in my department. We had a gentleman, this is a few years back, who had a background in anthropology. He actually had two degrees in anthropology and had done work excavating at the Cahokia Mounds near uh, St. Louis, which is, and that always, I always get a little smile on my face whenever that comes up in Quiz Bowl, the Cahokia Mounds. Uh, I, he, was, he, he was not my student teacher. I was not his cooperating teacher, but we were in the same department that year, that semester. We just happened to share a, a common prep period. And I got to talking with him about his background and, you know, and I just happened to mention, you know, anthropology comes up in, in what I do. There are questions about Margaret Mead and, and Malinowski and the potlatch and the Kula ring and marriage customs and all this stuff. And so I asked him, like, being that you have graduate degrees in anthropology, I imagine you studied some of this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you, would you be willing one day after school, would you stick around for half hour, 45 minutes? And would you lecture on these five topics? And he was kind enough to do that. So he came and he talked about Margaret Mead and he talked about Malinowski and those, those anthropology things that come up, uh, which I, I had, I had no background in whatsoever. I really, you know, what, whatever I know about that, I learned strictly from, from quiz bowl. So he was able to give the kids some insight in that. And then he talked about his work excavating the Cahokia Mounds and talking about the Mississippian culture and how, you know, there was this entire civilization that had these huge cities north of Mexico that at the time were probably bigger than any city that existed in Europe at the time. But we know so little about them because that civilization was gone by the time Columbus came. And the kids were totally fascinated with this. And you could just tell that he was really enjoying sharing, you know, what he had spent so much time doing. You know, I I had gotten the impression from him that maybe there weren't a lot of jobs in in anthropology. Um, And so he was kind of going into education as a fallback. And, you know, I... Most high schools, I'm sure, don't have anthropology classes, so I doubt he would maybe never get to teach some of those things that he spent so many years studying. But here he had a rapt audience who really enjoyed hearing about this. That was the best guest lecturer we ever had. You know, he he even asked later, could he come back and talk about it some more? Um <laughs> And I did. I let him come back later in the year and talk about some other stuff in anthropology, and he he enjoyed that. So that 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 was awesome. Um, just to give that guy an opportunity to to share something. He was something he was clearly very passionate about with with some students. Who would my dream guest lecturer be? Uh, that would be easy. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not hopeful that that will ever happen. Um, like I said, we don't have, I don't have many players on my team who end up taking earth science. And so they don't get that space component. You know, they might come in with some of that from middle school, but they're not getting it in, in high school at all. Um, so yeah, having, having him come in and give us, you know, a lecture on astrophysics, I think would be absolutely awesome. 
So well, that would be that would be my dream. If he listens to the podcast, maybe he'll reach <laughs> yeah. out. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, Ken, you said there was going to be a mystery fourth caller to the podcast. <laughs> bring him in now. Yeah. It's Bill oh, Nye, the science is. guy. Oh, Sorry. He's, he's <laughs> muted. He's muted. Oh. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk to you later, Neil. <laughs> so uh, certainly you've, you've given us so many great ideas on how to help our kids improve throughout practice and and giving things to work on during the school year um but uh, we mentioned in your introduction that you are uh that you work at this at, at quiz at the quiz camp um I, andrew and i have have uh been there and helped him out with uh, with a lecture too um so we enjoy everything they do there um why don't you take a couple minutes and and just just plug uh plug the camp absolutely uh, so for those who are unfamiliar, Quiz Camp, spelled Q-W-I-Z, that's kind of important, is a summer camp for Quiz Bowl players to go and learn new things in an environment that is totally immersive of Quiz Bowl. When you go, you get to pick classes that you want to take, and those classes are in subjects like history, science, literature, fine arts, that come up in quiz bowl and the instructors are tailoring those classes to the answers and the clues that come up most often in those subjects. So for instance, myself this past year in the summer of 2021, I taught uh, courses at quiz camps in uh, essential biology topics, essential chemistry topics. I also got to teach a class on quantum physics and astrophysics, some more advanced physics topics there. In the past, I've taught classes on scientists, environmental science, geology, all with an eye to these are the answers and the clues you need to get points for your team. The, uh, in the past, we've had virtual camps as well as in-person camps. Uh, obviously, COVID has kind of played havoc with that the past couple years. But we are looking forward in the summer of 2022 to getting back to in-person camps. Uh, the plan is to hold five of them around the country, including a brand new location in California at Scripps College. We'll also be holding camps in Alabama, Illinois, Maryland, and Ohio. Uh, there may also be a virtual camp option. Uh, for those who are interested in going, I encourage you to go to quizbowl.com. Again, that is Q-W-I-Z bowl.com for information about how to register for camps. If you are not interested in going to a summer camp, but you still want to get some of the materials that quiz instructors are preparing, there is what is called Quiz Academy. Quiz Academy is a series of online lectures that are going to be starting in the very near future this month. We're going to have a series of lectures on history as well as a series of lectures on physics. So if that is something you think I'd like to learn more about that and it's going to be directed entirely toward improving my quiz bowl scoring, please register for those Quiz Academy classes. I think they're going to be spectacular. Uh, hope to see everybody who is listening at quiz camp in the summer of 2022. So if you are a player, please register. And if you're a coach, please share this with your players. We'd love to have people from all over the country come. All right. Th that is, that is quiz bowl, Q W I Z B O W L.com. They have free study guides on there. You can click and register for uh, summer camps. So check out the website now. You'll be glad you did. Mike, this has been great. This has uh, been um, eye-opening for for me. Uh, I mean, it's it's always you know, Andrew. You talked about the the dream lectures. I think uh, dream podcast guests are the ones that uh, give us ideas that are going to help us uh, shape what we do uh, right away. And and that's what this did. So um, so Mike, thank you so much for for joining us today. We wish you the best this year. Has uh, has um, your team played in any tournaments yet? Not yet. Not yet. We're practicing right now. Our uh, 
conference does actually not start until early November. Okay. Um, so we got about a month before we get into some competitions, but yep, we'll be going to some tournaments. Hope to host a tournament in February. That's that's one thing I certainly missed over the past year is not being able to host events. Uh, I always love it when when teams come to my school. Uh, looking forward to doing more of that in the future and just getting out again and seeing some of my old Quiz Bowl friends in person again. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Best of luck this uh, this year and uh, um, so so great to have you on. Thank you, Ken, Andrew. It's been wonderful to be here. Good luck to your team as well. Thank you. So, Andrew, when when originally I was, you know, we, we were thinking about, we were brainstorming about this episode. We talked about fun, fun things to do at practice mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, like little different games we can play. And that and might be an fun, episode. What's more fun than winning, Ken? <laughs> that might be an episode on its own. But this I, I thought was like really, as I mentioned uh, to Mike, this was very eye opening. Um, and I, I know I've definitely been guilty of running that practice where it is just 90 minutes of reading questions. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm sure our top players enjoy it because they're the ones answering it all the time. But, you know, uh, amazingly, the kids that aren't answering are still coming back. And, and now I, I feel like I'm, I'm armed with a little bit more. We can we can remedy that, you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like I already took away some useful things that I will be, uh, I'm sure, putting into practice as soon as this Thursday. So. Can't ask for more than that. Well, you can. You, you can always ask to get better. And the way to get better is to learn more things so that you can power questions. And if you want to power questions, we might just have the thing for you. The guys at For 10 Points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the 2013 list three. Those who meet up after this event find golden playing pieces used by their predecessors. The main fighting during this occurs at a field called Vigrith, and after it, some men live in a hall called Sindri and others in Gimli. A series of three consecutive winters marks the beginning of this event during which the ship Nag Nagelfar is completed from the nails of the dead the question continues to mention the giant cert setting fire to the world the humans named leaf and uh lif rosser and that it's uh, that this event sees fenrir swallowing odin all of this occurs in for 10 points what apocalyptic event in norse mythology well of course we're looking for ragnarok i've always found that our quiz bowl teams are never short of passionate mythology buffs Science and fine arts, sure. Sports, almost always, but never mythology. We're never short on those. So if you are not your team's mythology expert, very rarely can you beat the expert to a question. Knowing buzz phrases like Vigrith or Nagelfar will certainly help, but there's something almost every Ragnarok question uh, that's there is it's a dead giveaway, and more on that a little later. The word Vigrith is Anglicanized, of course, and has a translation from Old Norse meaning battle surge. According to the Poetic Edda, a collection of Old Norse anonymous poems, Vigris is the field wherein the fight shall meet, Surt and the gracious gods, a hundred miles each way does it measure, and so are its boundaries set. And the Nagelfar, or nail ship, was just that, a ship made from the finger and toenails of the dead. The poetic Edda says, from the east comes Rim with shield held high. In giant wrath does the serpent rise, and the serpent is the Midgar serpent. O'er the waves he twists, and the tawny eagle gnaws corpses streaming. Nagelfar is loose. O'er the sea from the north, there sails a ship with the people of hell, the North un uh, Norse underworld. At the helm stands Loki. After the wolf do wild men follow. The wolf, of course, is Fenrir. And with them, the brother of Byleist goes, and the brother of Byleister is Loki. Knowing Nagelfar and Hrim and Vigroth are all likely to help you power a question about Ragnarok. But what's always stood out to me is the specific phrasing of the question. You see, Ragnarok has not technically happened yet, according to Norse mythology. 
So all of the questions about Ragnarok are written in either the present or the future tense. So listen again. The main fighting during this event occurs at a field called uh, Vigrith. Another question reads, this event begins after Gjallarhorn is sounded for the final time. Another, during this event, a rust red rooster crows to resurrect the dead of the underworld. And another, one figure of this event will give a gift to Skirnir. And during this event, the son of Havendring will suffer a similar fate. Hat tip to the 2018 I Am Sanity the 2016 WHAQ and the 2009 DAFT for those clues. Uh, while the writers of these questions are all different, they all pay very close attention to one detail, the tense. So the next time there is a question that is looking for an event, and that either is yet to happen or is happening now, and the words sound Nordic, take a chance, buzz in and say Ragnarok. And you know what, if you're wrong, hey, not the end of the world you can't afford to not learn these clues <laughs> uh but really there is a low-key hint there when uh, you <laughs> <laughs> when you see the reader start to stumble over words when you see and, and i'm i i think ken you did a fantastic job as i tried as, as good as any that was only our 20th take that was it yeah when when you low-key hear a reader start to stumble over words, you can remember uh, a couple of those particularly difficult, uh, you know, Norse terms. And as soon as they start to stumble over them, you can buzz in and say, you know, the Midgard Serpent, or you can uh, buzz in and say Ragnarok. And the rest of your team will look at you like you're a god. So, you know, it's, it's all upside. <laughs> well, that's set up. <laughs> oh goodness oh mr t i miss this man we should we should do this again uh i agree do this again next I month. agree well thank you so much for listening everyone this has been for 10 points uh the best podcast for everything visible related hopefully whether you are a player a coach or just trying to improve we have helped you get better i am your host uh mr turiago signing off for ken romeo See you next time, everyone.